podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everyone, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. Welcome back to another match preview after a hard-fought battle at Old Trafford. Newcastle are now going to go home and uh, we entertain Everton on Wednesday night. Uh, I'm Scott, I'm your host for this one. I'm joined tonight by Harry, Darrell and uh, member of the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel, Graham. Uh, Harry, how are you? Have you calmed down after watching Bruno? I have, yes. I will not be getting this podcast slash video demonetized today. So we'll be uh, we'll be chill as long as Pickford doesn't come in a conversation and Anthony Gordon will be fine. Well, I make no promises then their names may come up again <laughs> later on in this episode. Daryl, you were at Old Trafford yesterday. How was the trip and are you fully recovered? Uh, it was a good trip. Uh, I had to be fully recovered because I was at work this morning. Um got back about eight o'clock last night. Um managed to get Back in one, one fell swoop without stopping. So it was a, a solid trip back. Um, solid performance on the pitch as well, like you said. Um, Botman and Shea absolutely just dominating at the back. Um, fighting with every last tooth nail and drop of blood and sweat and God knows what else they had in them. Because um, they took a few bat runs in it on a couple of occasions. Um, yeah. You know, the, there's a lot of talk about the penalty with... Callum Wilson, and at the time, wasn't quite sure, so was quite happy to let it slide. Um, you see it back on TV and you start to wonder, well, actually, probably is a point. And then you've got actually got pundits saying, well, that's the penalty. And you're like, it's, not, not, it's not something you're really used to. Hearing mm. pundits start to say, well, you should have had a penalty and that's all. It's a little bit weird. And then obviously there's a few instances on their side as well, mainly crying, mourning, whinging. Um, I mean, surrounding the referee as well, which was just an absolute farce. Um, but yeah, came away with a point, happy with that, and um, would have taken it beforehand. And like you say, it's still one loss all season, and best best goal difference, but well, best goals conceded in the league as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the game yesterday after I introduce Graham to everybody. Graham is a member of the Gallagher Shots channel. Um, welcome, Graham, and thanks for joining us. Um, thanks very much. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, no yeah good, good. No yeah, all good. Uh, managed to watch the game yesterday, so I managed to see it. Uh, like, just echo what Daryl said, you know, it was a massive like battling performance yesterday. But I think, you know, especially first half, we're a better team, and I think we could have probably deservedly could have went in, you know, up front uh, at half time. Joe Linton hitting the post and the bar, just like very Joe Linton again, you know, she's so unlucky, and the penalty definitely as well. But clinging on at the end, I thought, <clears throat> like, Botman and Shaw at the end, just like Botman's an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender. He's just going to get better as well. Um, deserved point, possibly a penalty each. Um, probably get onto that later. But I think coming away with a point was great, and it was good to see the the morning Manu players on the pitch and the fans off the pitch as well. It was like the theatre of dreams, where the dream is still the nineties, and then wonder what's going on when they wake up. <laughs> Absolutely, it was like uh, Dallas all over again with uh, Jr. in the shower. And if you don't know reference, I bet you Harry, you don't know that reference. Um, no. Then uh, yeah, <laughs> you're in good company. Um, yeah, so yesterday we'll touch on it a little bit. Obviously, the the nil, and I said the one all draw there it was. It wasn't one all. It was nil nil. Um, you mentioned Joel and now Graham. 
he doesn't seem to be able to do it in the box, does he? He just kind of, I think he gets a bit fuzzy headed when he gets in the box. He's perfect everywhere else. But once he gets into that uh, 12 yard box, he just seems to to fall like a deck of cards. Yeah, it's either that, either that happens or he just has horrific bad luck as well. I think it's a combination of both at times. You know, at least this time he didn't manage to, you know, kick the ball into his own face like he did last season and stuff, which was the, you know, the, we're almost at that point yesterday, but it was just a few times sorry for him, but at least, you know, it's funny, he sees the funny side of it as well. He's just laughing and the kind of, what more do I have to do? But um, like you say, the rest of pitch, he's, you know, he, he does it. Um, so I guess we have to forgive him at times those things and hopefully that his luck changes and he just stop to start banging a few goals in. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nice that uh, he, he hit the ball off his head um, at least, and he meant it this time. It wasn't, you know, coming off his boot. Uh, he, he headed it off the crossbar and then headed it off the post. It was a, it was a string of bad luck. Um, Harry, uh, your opinions on the game yesterday, mate? Um, I think pretty all right, to be honest. Uh, we did do well. Um, my United probably should have scored two uh, with Fred and, and Rashford's chance. Um, the whole game was awful. I was slightly hungover. Not ridiculously hungover, but enough to be hungover to be extremely worried about the whole game. Um, and then obviously um, the, the Man United and, and the players complaining, but we're not going to get onto that. Um, annoyed me slightly. Um, penalty, Wilson, 100%. Um, and then looking back on the Joe Linton chances, I think he probably should have got the second one. And the first header is a brilliant header. Yes, it comes off the bar. Uh, but I think the second one, at the time, all my mates were having a go and saying, nah, he should have been scoring. I was like, no, he's lovely. He's such a nice bloke. Leave him alone. <laughs> Look at his smile. He's gorgeous. Um, but no, I, I think the second one probably should have gone in. But I kind of complain uh, with, a, with a draw away at Old Trafford, especially when they haven't drawn this season yet as well. It just shows what a brilliant defence we do have. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think I saw the the ref watch a clip of it on uh, YouTube today and the referee, I can't remember the guy's name, he said it was a foul, but it wasn't a penalty. So make of that what you will. Um, Yeah, it's one of those where I do think actually if it is anywhere else on the pitch, you're getting a foul. Um, Just takes them out pretty much, you know, straight away. You'd you'd hear that whistle go and the referee would maybe even be branching a cord depending on the run because it was quite quite an at-speed challenge, Daryl. Yeah, yeah, it happens too quick. And the thing that made me think it wasn't going to be given anyway was because at the point where the contact was made between Varane and Wilson, the ball was already away from Wilson and you had Dallow coming back in from from uh, the side there to assist Varane. So there was two of them around him at the time he, the contact was made and he went down. Um, I mean, I'm a bit gutted, to be honest, because that's my fifth visit to Old Trafford and it's the first time that I haven't seen a score. Um was there for the 1-0 back in 2012-13, I think it was, with the Brazil kit. And I've seen the score a further four times on the, the next three visits. Um, so, but, you know, it's, a, it's the first draw I've had at Old Trafford and I'm quite happy it was a 0-0, to be fair. Yeah, we talked about it last week that Man U uh, don't really convert many of their shots. So uh, none of us predicted a 0-0 draw, but we did mention that it could possibly be that because Man U hadn't drew all season and they got the first one. Anyways, we're not here really to talk about last week's game. We are here to look forward to the Everton game. Before we do that, I do need to let everybody know that this Gallagher Shots match preview is brought to you by Magpin. Magpin are the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle players, legends and retro kits. 
If you want more information on Magpin, their website is magpinbadgers.bigcartel.com. So then, as I mentioned previously, Newcastle are on a midweek Wednesday night under the lights at St. James's Park. Home game against Everton. Um, it's on Amazon, I believe, for you lot. Um, it's yeah, on... they're all on Amazon. Every all single on Amazon. one of them this midweek, yeah. Fun and games. Yeah, it's on Viaplay for me, which I get every game on Viaplay, and it's it's the worst commentary you'll ever hear because it's all in Dutch, so I don't understand <laughs> a word of it. Um, Everton are currently sitting in 14th position in the league. They only have had two wins all season. Um, and they also have four draws and four losses. They're coming off the back of two consecutive defeats against Spurs and Man U. Uh, Harry, I'll come to you first on this one. How are your confidence levels going into the Everton game? Um, I watched the Spurs game, uh, Everton versus Spurs, and I know there was a chat in the group chat as well, but they didn't offer much going forward. Um, and when you've got a defence like ours, that means they're going to do naught. Now, I hope I don't come back to this um, and say, oh, well, they did. Quite a lot, um, but I'm quite, I'm fairly confident to be honest. Um, I am confident. I think if if we press the way that we usually do at home, um, although I do think they have a good defence. Um, yes, I know the league table didn't really say that, but I do think they've got a pretty good defence, fairly solid. Tarkowski uh, is a great player. Um, I am confident we'll get the win. I am very confident we'll get the win. Um, I'll be good if we don't, to be honest. Um, but we'll, I suppose we'll see what happens. But um, I think with Everton as well. Um, they can offer stuff going forward. Uh, Calvert-Lewin can be a, a great number nine um, and he has shown that in the past. Maybe not recently. And I know he's with injuries and things like that. And Awobi's in form as well. Um, but no, I, I'm fairly confident for the, for the game coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, you mentioned about goals um, and, and us keeping clean sheets. Everton have only scored eight this season, which is uh, under half than what we've returned currently this season with 17. Um, Graham, are you confident of a clean sheet this week? It's a funny one. This, I, I, yes, I, I think we will get get a clean sheet. I like. I did watch the the Spurs game as well, and I think Everton are probably going to play a similar way, where they're going to sit back um, and try and frustrate and catch one of the breaks. So we just probably need to be a bit aware of that because they probably can't cause a bit of danger up top, and they are fairly solid. But I just think first first game under the lights this season at St James's. I think the atmosphere is going to be bouncing. Um, and I think you know, we might get under like team selection a little bit, but uh, I think you probably play strongest team with a view to potentially resting people for 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 the weekend at Spurs because I think this is a home game that we really want to take points off Evan. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll help us climb the table if we do. Uh get a victory against Everton, we will leapfrog our previous uh, opponents, provided they obviously don't get a result as well, and put us into fifth. Daryl, this part of the season, being fifth or sixth in the league as we currently are, are we in dreamland? Is this is this expected? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we're actually over-delivering on that. Um, I would like to see we try and maintain this sort of position before this like when the season breaks for the World Cup next month. If we're still anywhere between where we are now and even ninth or tenth, I think it'll set up fantastically for the, the, the second half of the season. And, and just to go back to what Harry and Graham were saying there, you know, Everton will pose a threat going forward, especially with Anthony Gordon probably coming back into the squad for this one. Um and Graham, like he's right, I think we'll probably come in and, and play with the low block and sit back and frustrate the hell out of us. Um, I think a lot of it will come down to whether or not Frank even dares to play Jordan Pickford. 
tomorrow uh, on Wednesday night. And if he does, it'll be down to us to get in his head as we usually do and, and, and cause him to have a bit of a wobble. Um, maybe even get an hour or two out of him like we have done successfully in the past. Um, I think Frank sort of learned that lesson previously and he has made the change. But I think, you know, th- there's ways to get at Everton and he's definitely he's definitely one of them. Um, it will be will pose a threat, even though he's playing at wing-back, he'll still pose that threat going forward. Um, but in terms of where we are now, it's, I mean, I'm smiling. Good. Good, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Gordon; he is back from his suspension from last week. Um, do wonder if that makes Everton change their approach at all to how they set up against Spurs. Um, other injuries that they currently have: uh, Godfrey's out, Townsend, uh, Patterson. I've got Colgate here. I'm pretty sure it's called Holgate. I think yeah. my uh, <laughs> my, my auto correct changed that there in the notes. Um, and Yerry Mina as well uh, is potentially out. Um, so they've got a. a you know, a, a bit of a list, you know, Andros Townsend, we all know about from his uh, short spell in the black and white stripes. Um, I'll stick with you, Daryl, on this one. In terms of Anthony Gordon coming back, do you think that changes their game plan? Or do you think it's just as you were, just with a different personnel? I think it will slightly change their game plan. I mean, you know, you mentioned that the Spurs game from Saturday, they only had four, well, they had four attempts on goal. None of them were on target and they had nothing at all in the second half of that game. All, all their shots came in the first half. Um, so I think having Gordon in their team will probably give them a little bit more of a threat going forward and they'll probably look mm. to to develop a bit more from him, linking up with Calvert-Lewin mm. in attack. Um, whether or not it changes the system, I don't know. If they want to sit in there and play with the low block, we'll just play with the back five like they normally do. Um, probably put Gordon just in behind um, Calvert-Lewin and, and go from there. Um, like I say, they'll want to make it difficult, so they'll probably want to sit in and, and block us out. Yeah, Harry, you've already mentioned uh, James Tarkovsky there, or Tarkovsky, um, who was a, a new signing for Everton in the summer. Um, I think they got him on a free in the end from uh, from Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Brentford, Burnley. It's one of the one bees. of the bees. Hi. They also got Connor Cordy, who was quite widely linked with us for a little bit. Uh, I believe not not so much in the summer, but in the January window, uh, he was he was a you know big name, as was Tarkovsky. Um, does that defence that Everton have, does it worry you at all? Because I mentioned earlier they've they've only scored eight, but they've they've only conceded eleven, which is quite a low number of goals. Obviously it's nowhere near the nine that we've only conceded, but uh it's still a low number, especially for that bottom half of the table, if you look kind of bit further down you've got you know 18s and 24s and 23s as goals against so there doesn't seem to be many high scoring games against Everton do you think that has a lot to do with their new back line or well, at least um, absolutely pair? yeah absolutely I think there's a lot of experience there obviously you have Seamus Coleman who's been there for years um Cody coming in captain for Wolves um fantastic experience and obviously I know he's a Liverpool fan but he knows the area and and that, I think that always gives you a bit more. Same as with Dan Byrne, to be honest. Um, I think it always gives you a little bit more, uh, a bit more fight. But it'll be interesting to see how we play. Uh, I think that'll be what only comes down to. Because um, if if it is how the majority of us think it'll be, in them sitting back, um, then it'll be us to break them down. Um, and that's why we have players like Bruno um, and hopefully Wilson making runs in behind. Because um, we're have Maxi and Isaac, which is 
a bit kicking the balls, really, because um, we're all hoping to have them both back um, to, to cause some damage. Um, but, yeah, Cody Tarkowski, I think that, that parent's a really good parent for Everton. Um, I think if they didn't have uh, those two, I think they'd be in a much worse position than they are at the minute. Uh, I know they sort the season very well and they're still in a, a position where it can go either way for them. Um, but no, I think that, that, that's some of the massive favours, having those two at the back. Absolutely. Like I said, they're, they're sitting in 14th on 10 points, but I mean, they're only two points off the relegation zone. Um, Graham, do you expect Everton to be fighting for relegation like they were last season? Yes, I do. Um, I think there's probably some better teams than them in the league that pick up. Um, you can see Leicester at some point fighting away out of where they are. Forest probably going to stay there, I think. Uh, just look at the table, you've got kind of Southampton, Wolves, Villa, Leeds and Everton. So you think Villa and Everton, I think, are both going to be in a, in a relegation fight again for me. It could be one of those two that might go this season. It'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll turn our attention to Newcastle. Um, I'll stick with you, Graham, on this one. Obviously, uh, we'll talk a little bit about some injuries. Um, Harry's already mentioned that we got some bad news about uh, St. Maximum and Isak. St. Maximum doesn't look to be as bad as Isak, where House St. Isak, we won't see him until after the World Cup. Um, but for St. Maximum, they said three games, and, and I think Manu was the first of that three, and really, that's only a week. Um, when you think of it in the grand scheme of things, you think three games, you think, oh, wow, he's out for a while. It's not It's not that bad. Um, were you surprised in that news break and considering Eddie Howe's press conference on Friday where he said there was no new injuries, obviously Thursday, we said there was no new injuries, um, but they did have a training session to go. Yeah, I was shocked. It was going to be a positive press conference as ever by Eddie. You know, he was talking about the team. Obviously, he did say there was... No injuries bar new training session. So to hear that Saint had broke down again was was a worry. You know, and it's kind of he's missed quite a lot of games um recently and a little bit last season as well. And just hope we can kind of need to make sure to get him fit and keep him fit because he's he's just a massive player for us and it makes a massive difference when he's not in the team. And um no you saw kind of last week when he came on as a sub in the second half, he kind of it was great because we're already like what three nil up or something by the time or three one, sorry, when he came on. And he could just do what he wanted and it was great because it was like that luxury of having just get him to run at people and you just realize what you're missing when he's um when he's not there and then when he comes on like in a game like that and just see what he what he gives us and what he gives the team and it's it's just such a shame the amount of injuries we seem to be getting players back and just as they get fit someone else gets injured so we've never you know you know look at the table my six but we haven't at one point i've got full strength team out yet um so i can't you know like everybody else probably can't wait till we've got isaac saint Wilson, Bruno, you know, all on the team. And also Shelby to come back as well. It was really, that was a shock for me as well at the weekend, seeing Shelby on the bench, you know, seeing the, the kind of preview on social media of him getting off the bus and stuff was like, that was kept really quiet. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't, I just wonder whether he might get some minutes uh, on Wednesday as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with Shelby. Obviously, we were expecting probably him not to be back until after the World Cup, um, similar to, to Isak now. Um, yeah, you mentioned about our injuries. The, the list was slowly going down week by week as we were rattling them off. Um, and obviously, apart from the long terms with, uh, well, it's Kraft now because it was mm. Shelby was on there. Um, you've got Richie and Darlow, who were the other two, which you'd argue probably wouldn't really feature in the side much anyway this season. So you can kind of, not you don't want to write them off because they're still squad players, they still have a squad number, but you can kind of say, well, okay, if you look at that now, we've got three 
first team potential first team players who were injured in Kraft, Saint and Isak. Um, Daryl, you mentioned Fabian share obviously his antics with Botman at the weekend. Um, he came off and apparently he couldn't walk if you read his uh, social media, but he has declared himself fit. Um, obviously, it's not up to him to do that, but he has said I should be fine. Uh, he is a, a potential worry um, if he is uh, injured or if he isn't 100%. Do you think how would risk him for this game? Uh, or do you think you'll, you'll rest him and bring in Lascelles? I think you'll probably see how he's fared in the recovery session today and whatever they do tomorrow. Um, judging by what we saw on the field, it may have just been a bit of a severe case of cramp because he wasn't the only player that went down with that issue because Bruno went down. His issue was cramp as well. Um, and it's all about how you recover from that sort of thing. And if the recovery is right from cramp, you'll be fine to play. I think if Eddie does want to make a change, I'd actually put the case in to just shuffle the line and, and move Botman across to the right-hand side, switch Burn inside and then put Target in at left-back because for some reason Eddie likes to keep Dan Burn in the team. And for me, that would be the easiest way to achieve that. And it also gives you a little bit more balance with Target at left-back as a natural left-back. Um, that's not to knock Burns' performances at left-back, but he really got exposed by Anthony on Sunday. And when he got the yellow card, I was frightened for my life that he was going to pick up a second one pretty quickly. Um, thankfully, he didn't. I don't know how the hell they managed it, but, you know, they, they did. Um, but again, if you think about who we have in their ranks, it's effectively going to be Gordon, isn't it? Who's probably going to peel out on that side and target Dan Byrne if he's playing at left-back. Um but again, if that's that's how I would play it, I think it would make sense for the whole balance of the team to put the cells and then have your right footer and your left footer partnership. But I think we've seen so far from Botman, I certainly noticed it a couple of times on Sunday that he was able to play lovely little ground passes out with his right foot onto the right side to Trippier or to, to Almiron, whoever was there. Um, so yeah, I'll probably try and do it that way and just keep Dan Byrne in the team and put him alongside Botman in, in defence. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about Botman. He's a, he's a very versatile player on the ball. He can, he can pick a pass and it seems if seems as though he can play with both feet. Um, I think he's, he's got a good weak foot ability. If you look at those stats on FIFA, uh, I know Harry, you've been, you've been absolutely pounding FIFA over the past couple weeks. What would your lineup be for Everton? Are you, uh, are you on, a, on the same as Daryl there as either moving yeah. Dan Byrne down and, and putting target in the, in the left back position? No, I completely agree with Daryl. Um, I think I was watching the Man United game and just Dan Byrne got caught out so many times, unfortunately. And I honestly think he had a pretty poor game, to be honest. He just he just looked so out of place, um, especially when he got high up the pitch. And I remember when Anthony just ran past me and he tried to stop. And I was like, what have you done there? Like, you're completely stuck <laughs> on the ground. And I, I, I don't knock him. He's a brilliant um, kind of centre-half, but just full but I don't understand and I know when Shaw went down and had like the kind of freak little jump that he had down the ditch um he started warming up the cells and I was like what are you doing and I was like stop warming up target and then move burning the Shaw's position I just think that's the right thing to do especially when we saw what was going on but I think you that's how you change your back four uh, obviously you've got Pope and goal um the midfield um I think Sean Longstaff was he's getting slow again he, he got caught out on the ball maybe once or twice but that's enough for me. Like you, you can't be getting caught out on the ball, especially with you back like to your own goal. Yeah. Um, I think you have to bring Willock back in and Joe Linton and Bruno. Um, I think that has to be uh, 
um, you start in three midfield, then the strike, uh, your strike is exactly the same as well. Because, well, to be honest, I'd want to see Elliot Anderson instead of Jacob Murphy. Um, that's what I'd want to see. Um, I feel like we just need a bit more spice. Mm. As Murphy just picks the ball up and does that and runs. And that's all he does. And like, <laughs> I can't knock him, but he's not a fantastic football player. He's championship quality. I think everyone knows, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's harsh. Yes, he's he's been a brilliant term for the club and and done some things for us, but. He shouldn't be starting, uh, especially for a, a top six club. Hey, hey, yeah. I mean, obviously Murphy does still have a. He's got what four and a half years left of that lucrative six-year deal that he signed. Um, yeah, you're shaking your head there, Graham. I'm, I'm going to assume you're not. You're not Murphy's biggest fan uh, at all. No, I, no, just not. I know he's like he's a boyhood Newcastle fan and all that backstory and everything, but he's for me, he's just. And I know he's had he's had a couple of good games. It was great to see him get his goal, and he's had a, a couple of good games recently. But just generally, I just the, where we're going, um, he's not going to be there in, in one or two seasons' time. Um, appreciate he has got that long deal, so he's going to be difficult to get rid of. But he he frustrates me to watch, and I just sometimes just don't think he's you know I just don't think he's at the level that we need. Um, he's probably struggling getting most teams in the Premier League. Unfortunately, I think um, he's a, I'd much rather see given where we are. I'd much rather see Fraser there. I know he has obviously been frustrating at times as well, but I just think Fraser's got a bit more about him for me. And back to like in the long step as well, I thought he was, um, again, he got caught out so many times yesterday. He was really lucky with a penalty um, that I thought yeah. probably was a penalty. And he, I think he did as well, looking by his face. And he just, he seems to me he wants too much time on the ball. I mean, you're not going to get that. At you're not going to certainly not going to get it at Old Trafford. You don't get it, get it in the Premier League. And he was just dispossessed. He's almost like he gets the ball, and then he has to think about what he's going to do. You contrast that with Bruno. Bruno's already looking to see where everybody is before he even before the ball's yep. got to him, and he can pass it off straight away. Whereas Longstaff, I think, gets it and then starts to look like, "What more do I do now?" And it's too late. And a lot of things break down. I think through Longstaff from that as well. Yeah, I, th I think the, the the best way I've, I've thought about it, and I think Longstaff is a, is a good player at home, where we've got mm. a bit more time on the ball and, and we're not getting pressed by the you know the 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 home team um and he seems to play a bit better when he's not playing deep when bruno kind of takes that role and he's got a bit more you know up front a bit more player around him but yeah you're you know totally agree with you there graham he, he seems to take forever to, to just look around uh, it's almost like he's his neck's in a brace he's got to move his whole body as opposed to just his head and you know that i don't want to be too harsh on the lad because he has been decent for us of recent times um but i think harry you're absolutely right in terms of I think it's Willick, Bruno and, and Joel Linton are the early three. And then maybe he's looking to bring Shelby on to give Joel Linton or Bruno a rest. If we're, I've noticed over the past couple of games, obviously not the Man U game, but um, the, the Fulham and the um, the Brentford game, uh, we went three, four up and instantly how's that right? I'm bringing three players on. And it changed the whole thing. To rest players, yes, but I think it was also just to try new things and try players in certain positions where the game's won. You may as well experiment a little bit. It's uh, it's nice to have that luxury um, on there. And obviously up front, I think, you know, we're talking Callum Wilson. I, I, I think I put in our WhatsApp group that I, I long for the day when we have to take off Wilson and we're bringing on Isak or vice versa um, because the whole game just fell apart as soon as Wilson went off and we kind of had wood. There was just no outlay up front. Uh, you did. You just felt like Wood. Bless him. He was trying, but he, I think up against someone like Varane, who's a, a physical player as well, 
he had no chance. Um, you know, he had no chance of, of winning any of those balls. And I don't recall him winning any of those kind of balls upfield. I don't recall a cross. <laughs> no. When he was on the well, pitch. Well, just even like yeah. long balls from defence. I just don't even think he, he got any of those. Um, I can't recall him touching the ball, if I'm being honest with you. I think he maybe he's got one or two little touches, but not much. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously you stick with uh, Callum Wilson uh, up front. Right, now's the fun part. We'll talk about our score predictions. Let's see if we can at least get one right this week. Um, <laughs> Daryl, I'll start come with to you me, first, then. mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as I fear that they'll come and sit and that we'll absolutely be frustrated to hell and really struggle to probably break down their low block, I think we will just find that key to unlock their door and we'll probably get a 2-0 win. Harry, three uh, 0 win. I think. Three nil. Um, I, I think, especially if we get an early goal, I think Everton aren't going to sit back. They can't. Like, what's the point? Um, and just quickly going back to Shelby as well. I think he could be the key, possibly. So if they, if if we, if we're struggling for a goal as well, and they've got a very solid back line, Shelby's balls within the box and, and just like out wide, is much better. I feel than what we did against. Crystal Palace or Bournemouth, I can't remember which one it was, but where we just went left, right, left, right, left, right, like on the edge of the box. Shelby plays a bit deeper and can kind of ping the balls across and things like that. I think he could possibly be the key to, to get that. But 3 0, I'm, I'm fairly confident, especially if uh, Pickford plays. I'd love to see three passes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, there'll be lots of inflatable T Rexes in the crowd, no doubt, as well. I wonder if Law Flags are making a, a dinosaur flag as well, just for, just for the fun of it. Uh, probably not. Uh, Graham, your predictions, mate. I think I'm, I'm going to go probably a mixture of both guys and go 3 1. Um, I think they might make one, but I think the key to us winning tomorrow is a good start. I think we need to come out of the blocks. I think the atmosphere needs to help with that. I think it will tomorrow night. We've been under lights in the first game, like I said earlier. Um, but I think we need that early goal to kind of stop and make everything come out, like we're just talking about, you know. Uh, otherwise, I think the longer it goes on, the further and further back they'll sit potentially and just try and catch us. Um, I think they, they might nick one, but I think quality will tell in the end. I think so. I'm going to go for a three-one. It's an interesting stat that if uh, if it is three-one, that'll be the first game this season that Everton have been involved in where there's more than three goals. Every game has either been one-all or two-one or two-nil. There's been no more than three goals in any of their games. So I'm going to go for a three-nil win. I'm going to. Uh, go with Harry. I don't think Everton will will score. I don't think they'll get a shot on target, just similar to what they did against Spurs. I think it'll be they'll find it really hard. I think obviously they don't tend to do too well at St James's Park at recent times. The crowd do usually build up a decent atmosphere um, and and usually do get on their backs, especially if Pickford's playing. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 3-0. I think it'll be a... I'm going to go for a hat-trick as well. I'm going to go for a Callum Wilson hat-trick. It's only because I need the points on my FPL because uh, <laughs> I'm an absolute stinker last week. Um, but that's for the FPL show, which is also being recorded tonight. Does anybody want to add anything before we wrap up? I just want to say, oh, I hope the, the, the lad with the T-Rex costumes there, uh, the morning night, I really yes. want to see him back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Harry, get that on before you, uh, before you get up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Uh, good to see you, Graham. And uh, Thank thanks, you. Harry and Daryl. 
Uh, pleasure as always uh, if you do like this content we obviously do these match previews for every single game uh, no matter if there's two three four games in a week mm. we will try and get them out as uh, as soon as we can um, there's also other content as I mentioned the FPL show which has also been recorded tonight um, and you've also obviously got your live podcast with the always smiling faces and extra time on a Monday and a Thursday or a Friday depending on uh, how Roger's feeling um, there's obviously plenty of other content as well and if you'd like it and you want to be, you know, notified when we uh, we get new videos out and you want to see them come up on your little YouTube feed when you open your app, scroll down from this video and hit that subscribe button. We've just surpassed 9,000. We're on the road to 10,000 subscribers. So if you would like to do that, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, looking at the stats at the last one, 41% of people who watched this video were not subscribed. So if they all subscribed, would be on 20,000 easy. Um, if you want to go that extra mile, we do have a membership program as well. It is $2.99 a month to become a member of the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. That gets you early access to the videos, probably not this week because of the short turnaround time uh, of the uh, games, but usually you'll get the match previews, the FPL show, and if Matty does it beyond the lines, you'll get all of those early access and any other little bonus videos we also do throughout the week. And you also get access to the Telegram group. Um, you also get an opportunity to maybe be on a show. That's how I got my uh, kind of start on the Gallagher shots. Daryl, you as well. Yeah, Harry, I absolutely. think you as well. And Graham, obviously, you're a member uh, of the of the channel, and uh, we've getting you on board as well. So, if you want to become involved, there's no guarantees, but you know, be a be a member, and we might chuck you on a video. Um, Thanks, everyone, for watching. He has hoping for another three points. As well, I say another three points. We drew the last game, but he has hoping for three more points to get us up that table, leapfrogging Man U, and uh, get us into those European Champions League spots eventually, where we'll hopefully stay for the rest of the season and uh, catapult us in front of that five-year plan, give us a two-year lead advantage at least, I'm saying. Uh, thanks, everyone. See you How next time. How are the lads? Come on. Podcast Network.